And today, I, wa- I want to ask you a question. As we finish the series, I want to I start by asking you a question. How many of you here would say that you're hi- a highly disciplined person? Oh, nobody game enough to say they're a highly disciplined person. Oh, one. One says, how many people here would say that you are slightly undisciplined type person? And some of you are lying. Uh, I'm, I'm, okay, how many were like me and you're majorly undisciplined? Yeah, yeah, there we go. We got it. So I think that there are, there are people that are highly disciplined and then there are people that are not so much highly disciplined and, and, uh, and we tend to think that those that are highly disciplined, they're the ones that do well in life and then the ones that are undisciplined, you know, I just don't have those disciplines. I just don't have those good habits, you know, like those people do really well because they've got really good discipline and really good habits, but I, I just don't have good habits or good discipline and that's why my life is kind of going in the direction that it's going in. But, but I would say to you who um, think that you are undisciplined, I would say to you that everybody is disciplined. Everybody is disciplined, and everybody has good habits, and everybody has bad habits. Because you are, every single person on the face of this planet, are disciplined. Because a discipline is something that you consistently do. So to turn around and say, well, I'm, I'm just not a disciplined person. No, no, you are disciplined. It's constantly things that you do. You have breakfast, most of you, every morning. If you're, if you're a follower of Jesus, you have coffee every morning. If you're a follower of the other side, you have tea every morning. That just upset all the tea people in the, in the building. Um, you have some disciplines that you constantly do, and then you have other disciplines that you constantly do, they're just not helpful disciplines. Yes, we're all disciplined. We're just, some of our disciplines are not helpful. Some of our habits are not helpful, right? We're all disciplined in different ways. We're all disciplined. We just don't have, sometimes we just don't have the right disciplines. You know, like I'm disciplined enough to eat. Is anybody else that's disciplined enough to eat? Right, okay, you're with me. I'm just not disciplined in eating the right things very often. Is anybody else with me? So I'm disciplined in that I eat because I need to stay alive and I get hungry and I love food, but I'm not necessarily got right disciplines around what I eat. We're all disciplined. Just because you think that you're undisciplined doesn't mean that you're not disciplined. You're just disciplined in the wrong things. And what, what is a discipline or what is a habit? A discipline is simply this. If I can put it in a sentence for you, a discipline is simply this. It's choosing between what we want now compared to what we want most. A discipline is refusing to choose necessarily what you want right now because of what you want most. Are you hearing me? What I want right now, as I, and I'll share a little bit more as I'm going on a health journey, what I want right now especially yesterday afternoon when the rain was coming. You know, like, I don't know about you, but 3.30 p.m. on a rainy day when it's cold and the wind's just going, uh, for me, the ultimate way to spend my Saturday afternoon would be to watch a movie with a big bag of potato chips. Right? That's what you do, right? And I'm sitting there yesterday afternoon, I'm saying to Trinity, I am fighting everything within me not to drive down to Countdown and buy snacks. 
Is anybody on board with me? Am I all alone here? And, um, and I, was, I was fighting everything in me to not go and buy snacks because I had to have the discipline of not choosing what I wanted right there and now because of what I want most, which is to be healthy, which is to lose some weight, which is to get myself physically fit this year. And so a discipline is purely you choosing not to do what you want to do right now because of what you want most. Are you hearing me? All of you have successful areas of your life, and if you look at those successful areas, you'll find that there are consistent disciplines that you do in those areas of success. There, there is a constant discipline. So if you have a good marriage, I promise you that there are constant disciplines in your marriage. You probably eat dinner together regularly. You probably have a conversation every single day. One of the disciplines that Trinity and I put in place when the kids were little was when I get home from work, we would shut ourselves away for 15 minutes with a cup of tea and a cup of coffee, and the kids knew, don't come and disturb us, because for 15 minutes, we're going to reconnect after our days. Why? Because that's a discipline that we consistently did. Also, it sends a message to the kids that actually the most important relationship in this home is not you, it's us. And you need to, you, you need to teach your kids that, because the most important relationship in your home is the marriage, not the children. The children benefit from a good marriage. Your marriage doesn't benefit from a good relationship with your kids. It's gone quiet all of a sudden. You know, you probably, you probably get away. I can I encourage you if you don't? Try and get away once a year without your kids. Trina and I just do it for 24 hours. It's a great way to reconnect. There, there'll be consistent disciplines that you do if you have a quality marriage. If you're successful financially, I guarantee I will put money on it. That's not very good, is it? It's bet. Um, I guarantee if you're successful financially that you have a discipline that you constantly live within your income, not beyond it. That you constantly have a discipline where you're generous because the Bible says that the world of the generous gets larger and larger, but the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. There's a principle in Scripture that generosity is something that God encourages us to do, and there's a benefit to that. Or you're investing wisely. You're putting money aside on a regular basis, and you're not touching it. You're a Kiwi saver going on. And, and so you are, you are doing consistent disciplines that allows you to do well financially. But the reality is, is that all those disciplines that you're doing that creates a good marriage or creates good finance or creates good health or whatever it is that you're doing, the opposite is also true. Any area in your life where you're not succeeding, where you're not doing well, I would suggest to you that you actually do have disciplines in that area of your life that you're not doing well in. They're just the wrong discipline. For example... You join the gym, you wake up early Monday morning, off to the gym you go, cool, one day down, done it. Tuesday you get up early, off to the gym, Woohoo! man, this is, this is going to be so good, my life is going to change, I'm going to have abs and it's going to be all going on, and then Wednesday you wake up, oh, the shoulder's a bit sore, I might have a rest day today, and, and then you wake up Thursday, it's a bit cold outside, oh, I'll just, I'll have a rest day today too. And before you know it, what started off so well has ended so quickly. 
Don't look at me like that. We all do this, yeah? And he started, but then it ended up stopping. Or I'm going to be, this is, this is me right now. I'm going to be disciplined with my eating. And so on Monday, I nail it. On Tuesday, I nail it. On Wednesday, I nail it. Thursday, I nail it. Friday, I nail it. I don't know about you, but I find it really easy while I'm at work to keep that consistency. And then the weekend comes, and, and in your case, the weekend comes, and you're running around with the kids, and you're taking them here, there, and everywhere, and the pressure's on, and you haven't forgot to get something out for lunch or whatever, and so the golden arches starts to call you. And because you're rushed, and because you haven't had time, and you haven't thought about putting things aside, all of a sudden you end up at McDonald's, and all of a sudden, all the momentum that you have has now gone. And you started up strong, yet you ended up inconsistent. And here's the thing. I completely and totally relate to that. I think everybody in this room completely and totally relates to that. And I'm not saying that because you're a failure, because you're not. I'm just saying this is the reality of our lives sometimes. But you know what's even better than that I understand it and that you understand it? is that the Apostle Paul, who's probably one of the greatest Christians that's ever walked the face of this planet, he struggled with it too. He struggled with it too. In fact, he says this in Romans chapter 7. He says, I don't really understand myself. For I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. I can remember on this journey that I've been trying to do over the last wee while, it's like I was doing so well and then one day I was just really busy and crazy and so then I had KFC. And then after I ate KFC, I hated myself for it and also felt sick. You, you know what I'm talking about, right? This is what Paul's saying. I know the right thing to do, but I don't do it. Instead, I do the thing that I hate. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Does anybody? Don't put up your hand. <laughs> but if I do do what I don't want to do, I'm not really the one doing the wrong. Hold, 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 on, hold on here, Paul. It sounds like you're, it's not my fault, it's my parents' fault. Hey? Let's, let's blame somebody else for my behavior, right? I'm not the one really doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God. The answer is Jesus Christ, our Lord. He's saying, but I, I, I do the things I don't want to do, but it's not my fault. It's, it's not me. It's actually the sin living in me that does it. It's not me, it's the sin living in me. You see, every single one of us are born with a sinful nature. Every single one of us have a bend towards sinful. That's why it's so easy to sin, because we are born. If you look through scriptures in the beginning, in Genesis, and everything that happened in the garden, we are all born with a sinful nature. We have a bend towards sinful behavior. Sin pulls us away from what God really wants for us. Our sin nature bends us towards doing what is wrong rather than what is not, what is right. We want to do what is right, but our sin nature lures us away from God and tempts us to do what is wrong. That's the same for every single person that walks the face of this planet. But in verse 24, when he says, what a miserable person I am, who can free me 
from this life dominated by the sin, by the sinful nature that draws me towards or lures me towards the wrong way to live, who can help me overcome this temptation is really what he's saying. Or, or who can help me walk away from the sin and walk in the right ways and make the right decisions and have the right disciplines? Who can help me be consistent in my disciplines? Who can help me be consistent in my habits? Who can help me have the right discipline so that I end up in the right place at the right time? Who can do that? Oh, thank God. It's Jesus Christ, our Lord. Isn't that awesome? That you may be living a life where you're like, man, I, I'm trying so hard to do the right thing, but I constantly do the wrong thing. And I would suggest to you the problem is, is because you haven't read this verse because it's not you that can get you to do the right thing. It's not you that can get you to conquer the sinful nature within you, but it's Christ that conquers the sinful nature within you. It's Christ in me that lives, not anything else. And so we need to understand that, that you will struggle to be self-disciplined because you were created to be spirit-disciplined. You'll struggle to be self-disciplined because self-discipline is within your strength and your ability and your way to try and conquer things. But the Bible says, thank God, it's the Lord Jesus Christ who can deliver me from this because we're meant to be spirit-disciplined because it's the Lord that conquers sin and death and it's the Lord in us that helps us to walk the right ways and the right discipline. And the reason why we fail so often is because we try to do self-discipline instead of doing spirit discipline. Notice the answer is not a principle and it's not a self-help book. Eight simple things you can do to change your life. You know, you know the problem I have with all the self-help books and if you like them, please forgive me in saying this. If it was eight simple things to change your life, everybody would be changing their lives. We'll just all do the same thing and my life will be changed. That's why I get frustrated sometimes with even church stuff. Five easy steps to grow your church. If it was five easy steps, every church would be growing. If it was that simple, but it's not that simple because it's not a principle and it's not self-help that helps you to choose the right habits and the right disciplines. It's a person and his name is Jesus. Who can deliver me? The answer is Jesus Christ, our Lord. With his help, I can be different. With his help, I can change by his power. I can be transformed. Last week, I, I shared with you how I want to take better care of my body this year, and I have signed up to the gym. I haven't been yet, but I'm going tomorrow. <laughs> because I want to take better care of my body in the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? But the problem is, like some of you, I like food. I really do. And if you give me a triple cheeseburger, I'm going to shout glory to God in the highest because I love that stuff, right? Right? You're looking at me like, no, no, we, we just eat lettuce. No, you don't. So I shared with you what my one statement was for the year, right? Can anybody remember what my one statement for the year was? I'll tell you, the God in me is stronger than my appetites within me. The God in me is stronger than my appetites within me. Not me and me, because me and me is not stronger. The sin in me wants to do wrong. 
that Christ in me is stronger than the wrong appetites in me. And that one statement is totally redefining my eating habits. And yesterday when I'm sitting on the couch wanting to go and buy snack food, I'm repeating in my head over and over again that Christ in me is stronger than my appetites within me. Not because I am disciplined that I'm able to change my eating habits and do the different things that I'm doing lately. It's not because I'm disciplined, because I'm not. I am not self-disciplined, but I am becoming spirit-disciplined because the spirit in me is what is empowering me to do what I was incapable of doing myself. Are you hearing me? And the Holy Spirit has led me to choose what I want most over what I want now. You see, some of you have been trying for years to try and change some things and try and change some habits and try and change some disciplines. And, and I want to say to you today that today is the day that you can get set free from that because you've been trying to do self-discipline and you're never going to be self-disciplined because your self always has a bend towards sin. But if we can let Christ lead us and we can be spirit-disciplined, when the Spirit takes over you, that same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead or from the grave can be the Spirit that can discipline you into all the things that God has for you. Who can deliver me from this body of death, Paul said? Thank God it's Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so by the power of Christ, we, that's you and I, we will choose what we want most over what we want now. We're going to train ourselves to be disciplined in what matters most. You're not convinced this morning. Let me say this. How do you become disciplined in the right disciplines? I, I know I need to be, so how do I? Well, he goes on in verse 24 of 1 Corinthians chapter 9, he says this, Do, don't you realize that in a race everybody runs? But only one person gets the prize. So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. All athletes are disciplined and they don't run to place, they run to win. Can I say to you that you are not running to place. You're running to win the race that God has before you. You are running to maximize the call of God on your life. You're running to win. And we think winning is about being first. instead. Of, no, no, no. Fulfilling the call of God on your life, whatever that looks like, is a win. That's running our race to win. Not all of you have been called to stand up here. Not all of us have been called to play guitars or sing, all, but all of us have been called to do whatever that God has asked us to do, and our goal in running our race, our goal in our disciplines, our goal in all the stuff that we've been talking about, about our thoughts and our words and everything else, our goal is, is that we would win, we would maximize the call of God on our lives. Paul was talking about the athletes in this message, and, and they would have understood in those days that what they used to do is they used to go and find these athletes and they'll put them into a 10-month a training program, this intense training program for 10 months, and in that, they'll be going to the gym, and in fact, back in the ancient world, um, gymnasiums were like 
the cultural epicenter. Everyone would go to the gym. Maybe, maybe we should have kept that up <laughs> through the generations. Um, they'd go to the gym, they were on this incredibly strict diet. Um, they weren't allowed any alcohol of any kind. They weren't allowed any junk food of any kind. Um, the only food that they would get fed was from the people that were training them, and the food that they'd give them was purely for building up their body to be everything that it could be, to maximize the potential of the body. They would, they would get them to, um, to train in, in extreme weather, like extreme heat and extreme cold, so that their body would learn to perform and no matter what condition it was in. Um, and they were disciplining themselves to be a, a, a body to, to run to win, to be a body that, that can achieve the end goal of, of winning. Um, and in fact, they were so into this race, or they're so into winning, that what they would do is when they run, they'd actually run naked. It's weird, isn't it? Nobody wants to see that. But they would run naked because they're worried that any clothing they had would become restricted and like, like wind resistant. <laughs> crazy Egypt, uh, crazy Greeks. And so, that, so even when they're training in the extreme heat or the extreme cold, guess what they're training? Naked. Pointing at each other and going, hey, it's cold outside. Um, some of you got that. Some of you didn't. It was so wrong. That's why the, the writer of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter, chapter 12 verse 1 says, let us strip off everything that hinders us. Yeah? And the sin that so easily entangles us and run the race marked out before us with perseverance. When he shared that, culturally they understood what he was talking about because they would strip everything off so there's nothing that would hinder them in this race that they were doing. They were going to run this thing to win, not to receive an earthly, not to receive a, um, a um, they, they would run to receive an earthly crown, but we don't run to receive an earthly crown. We run so that we can receive a crown that never fades away. We run for the eternal crown. Do you, do you want to know what the prize is that they would win if they won the race? Are you ready for this? Ten months of training, strict diet, cold, hot, naked. Do you know what they'll win? Does anybody know? A reef of leaves. There's a crown of leaves that they'll wear. I don't know about you, but if somebody came to me, bro, give me ten months, I can turn you into an elite athlete, and you can run this race um, you'll have to be butt naked when you do it, and everybody's going to see everything as you're running. Um, and then you win the prize. And you know what the prize is? It, it's a crown of leaves. I'll be like, no. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. You've got to have a massive ego issue if you think that that's like a win in life. Look at my crown of leaves. that will fade away very, very quickly. It's not a cool prize. All right? If you think it's a cool prize, then, hey, let's go into training for 10 months and you can do a nutty run out here and we'll give you a... Our prize as followers of Christ is we are living for an eternal glory. Yeah? We're living to stand in front of the presence of God. 
and know that our lives have brought him glory because he's used everything within us to make his name known and to make his name great because we're not self-disciplined, we're spirit-disciplined. And so when we're spirit-disciplined, it's not about us, but it's about him. The spirit helps us overcome the power of sin. Who can help me overcome the temptation and the power of sin that causes me to do what I don't want to do? Thank God, it's the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the power to help me overcome. And so Paul goes on in verse 26 of Corinthians 9, and he says, so I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete training to do what it should. I'm not just shadow boxing. I always win when I'm shadow boxing. Always. Sometimes I picture Seth standing in front of me. And I always win because when he's physically standing in front of me, I always lose. I'm not shadow boxing. We're not punching in midair. We have an enemy that is trained to come and steal and kill and destroy. But I'm trained in the power of God in me so that no weapon formed against me can prosper. I'm not shadow boxing. I'm hitting blows because I'm spiritually disciplined. I'm hitting blows to the enemy every time he comes and tries to drag me away into my sin nature or try to lure me away into sin. No, no, no. I'm training so that I can punch back. I'm training so I can take him down. I'm not shadow boxing. I'm not shadow boxing. I'm not punching at nothing. I'm punching at the enemy. I'm not self-disciplined. I'm spirit-disciplined, and the Spirit of God is helping me discipline my body not to do what it wants to do, but all that will ultimately bring glory to God. That's why he says, every, I run with purpose in every step. In every step, there's a purpose. Paul doesn't just take a step without there being a purpose to it. Every step I take has purpose. Why? Because the Lord directs my steps. Every step I take, there's purpose to it. I'm not just boxing, shadow boxing randomly with nothing. No, no, there's a purpose to every step I take. There's a purpose to every discipline. I don't you know, like you're like, well, you, you have to come to church every Sunday because you're the pastor. Yeah, but before I pastored, I was in church twice on a Sunday every week. Ever since I was born, I've been in church every single Sunday virtually. Why? Because I'm not shadow boxing. There's a purpose in every step. And when I come to church, I get fed and I get equipped and I get taught how to throw blows to the enemy, and I get taught how to shift from self-discipline to spiritual discipline so that I'm not led by my sinful nature, but I'm led by the Spirit of God, that same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead that lives and abides in me. That's the one that's directing my paths. That's the one that's directing my steps, and so every step has a purpose. It's not just I'm coming to church to make the pastor feel good about the numbers. I'm coming because I know it's the right discipline. I'm in a connect group because I know that we're not created to do life alone and that if we do life alone, we drift to isolation rather than being together. 
I understand that I need to be in a connect group because the Bible says this, that when we, when we pray for each other, we are healed. If we confess our sins to one another and pray for each other, we're healed. I, I know that I confess my sin to God for the forgiveness of my sin, but I need healing from some of the stuff from my past, and so I get myself into a connect group because I know I need others, and it's a good spiritual discipline, and I'm spirit disciplined, not self-disciplined, and I know that I need others to help me heal. It's not just something I do. I don't just serve in church because there's nothing else better for me to do on a Sunday. No, no. I understand that God has given me gifts and talents that I'm meant to use, and if I don't use them, the Bible says that one day I'll stand before God and have to give an account for the gifts and the calling that He placed on my life. And so I understand that the gifts that I have and the calling that I have on my life is not for myself, but for Him. And so I am spirit disciplined to make sure that I am engaged in the life of the church and I'm serving, and I'm using my gifts and my talents, because I understand this, that my gifts and my talents aren't mine, but he gave them to me. Sorry, it's getting a bit intense. I run with purpose in every step. Why? Because I'm choosing what I want most over what I want right now. And what I want most, I don't know about you, is well done, good, and faithful, servant, enter in to your rest. You know, something I, it's not in my notes, I'm getting off track now, but I read this this week and God just spoke to me a little bit. You know, on the sixth day of creation, God creates Adam. And on the seventh day, he rested. So I think to myself, we understand the seventh day, God calls it the Sabbath, right? A day of rest. Um, and don't over-spiritualize that like a lot of people have, but here's Adam created on the sixth day. And I think to myself, he probably would have woken up on the seventh day, his first day, on the job. Right, what are we going to do today, God? Rest. How many people would love to start a job where you walk in and you go, right, what's on, what's on the table today, boss? What do we need to do? Oh, we're just going to chill. Just going to rest. Why was Adam's first day resting? Because God was trying to lay a principle from day one that man needs to learn to rest in the finished work of God. He'd done all the creating. Your first day, Adam, is you're going to learn to rest in what I've done. Self-discipline is not resting in what he's done. Self-discipline is trying to rest in what I've done. But spirit discipline is understanding that I rest in what he's done because who can save me from this life of sin and death? The Lord Jesus Christ. So you step out and you say, you know what? I'm saying no to this food because I'm saying yes to a better body. I'm saying no to this financial temptation because I'm saying yes to being out of debt. I'm saying yes to loving my wife as Christ loved the church. I'm raising my children become next generation world changers. When I woke up today, I woke up with the power of God living inside of me and I will glorify God today in 
spirit discipline. I run with purpose in every single step. Step by step, God is directing and ordering my steps. There is a purpose in every single step that I take. It's not just random. It's not just whatever. It's not just made up as I go along. No, no, no. The Spirit of God leads me into all that I should do. My sinful nature wants to be convenient. My sinful nature wants it to be easy. My sinful nature wants me to do whatever helps me feel good. But my spirit wants to bring glory to God. And because Christ dwells in me, he will give me the power to choose what matters most, bringing glory to God over what I want now, which is convenient, comfort, and easy. Not me, not in my ability, but in his power. And you're like, Craig, settle down. You're the pastor. Of course you're good at this sort of stuff. Um, If you think that, you don't know me. Let me me say this to you, because I don't know what experience you've had with pastors, but I'll say this to you, and I want you to get it really, really clear this morning. The power of sin in me is just as real as the power of sin in you. The power of sin to lure me away to do the wrong thing is just as powerful as the sin in you luring you away. I am not special. This is just what God's called me to do. It doesn't make me better. It doesn't mean that my life is all sparkles and rainbows. There's sin in my life that I have to discipline myself about. Just like there is in your life. In fact, on my own, I'm a very undisciplined person because I like to eat junk food and sit on the couch and do nothing. In fact, I used to say that my way of unwinding, how I would unwind, was I'd sit on the couch with a big bag of potato chips and watch a movie. That was my unwinding until Richard Black from Mind Health, who's an absolute genius around emotional health, and we're going to get him to come and speak this year at church, but he turned around and said to me, oh no, Craig, you're not unwinding, you're just entertaining yourself. It's your way of escaping your stuff rather than dealing with your stuff. So I, I said, Tom, I don't like you very much, you can leave now. <laughs> I'm not naturally disciplined, but the Spirit dwells in me and helps me to become more disciplined in what matters most. It's by the power of Christ that I am disciplined to choose what matters most over what I want right now. So let me ask you a question. Maddie, you can, oh, Jake can jump on the keys if he's here or ask Maddie. Let me ask you a question as we round things up this morning. Just one question. What do you want most? What's the thing you want most in life? What do you want most? I want, you, I want you to go away this week and think about it and write it down. What is it that you want most? Maybe for some of you, it's, oh, I, I want to get close to God like I used to be in the past. Or maybe I, I need to get free from pornography because it's wrecking my life. Or maybe I want to get out of debt. Or whatever it is, you, you need to write down what is it that you want most? What is it that you want most in your life? What is it that you want most to see? And then once you've written down what it is that you want most, I want you to answer the next question, which is what's one discipline you will add to your life that will help you to glorify God in the way that you live? 
If that's what I want most, what one discipline do I need to put in place? That will change my life. What one thing do I need to do? What one thing? What one discipline? Maybe, maybe the one thing you need to do is pick up your, your, your phone or your iPad and click into version Bible app, and pick a, a plan, but then get two friends to do it with you so that you have an accountability because that will help you get closer to God. Maybe you need to join a connect group. Maybe you need to put God first in your finances and trust Him with the tithe. And, and we don't tithe because, because the church needs the money, although we are restricted of what we can do in our community by that, but that's not why we give. And we don't give because we get back either. That's just, that's just a benefit to our giving. The reason why we give is because it honors God and we say to Him, we're going to put you first in our finances. This is why we have church on a Sunday, the first day of the week, because we put Him first in our week. We put Him first in our finances. When you get up in the morning, do my 15, five minutes of prayer, five minutes of the Word, and five minutes of worship. Why? Because I'm going to put God first in my day. I'm going to put God first. I'm going to honor Him. I'm going to trust Him. I'm going to put Him first. Maybe you need to commit to a date night with your spouse so you can reconnect and build your marriage. Maybe you need to clear all your devices that you've got so that you've got no access to pornography because you know that if you do, it's too easy for you to slip up. Can I say this if you are struggling with that? I, I went for a period where I had massive temptation around that when we, we'd been married about seven or eight years. Hadn't had a prob- I had a problem with it as a teenager, but I hadn't had a problem with it for years, and all of a sudden it just came up. That was the best thing I did. The best thing I did is, one, I sat down and talked to Trinity about it. The best thing she did is not overreact to me about it. Because, ladies, if your husband sits down with you and is honest with you, and you freak out on him, he will shut down and he won't tell you anything. He's telling you because he wants help. I know that it's hurt, that it hurts. But he's not telling you because he's trying to hurt you. He's telling you because he wants you to help him because he doesn't want to be that way. So I was able to talk to her and we sat down and we put a whole lot of things on my, on my laptops and on my different things so that if I even looked at anything, it sends her an email and it tells her, whoop, Craig's been looking at the wrong thing. It puts an accountability in place. And you know what? I, I've had that ever since then and I, and I don't even think about it and it's really, really easy because the minute the enemy goes, oh, you should, I can't, she'll find out. It's a real simple thing to put in place. So what is it that you what is it that you need to do? Discipline yourself so that you can close the door to these things. Maybe you need to start praying with your kids every single day before they go to bed. And so we're going to make a commitment as a husband and wife that we're going to pray for our children every single day. You've got to seek God and you've got to say to him, God, what, what is it, what is it that I believe that you want for me? What, what's the one thing I need to do that will help me to have what it is that you want most for my life? I, we don't have the ability to self-discipline ourselves into this, but thank God, thank God that Jesus Christ does. Why? Because we're not self-disciplined, we're spirit-disciplined because the Spirit leads us. It's the small things that no one sees that leads to the big results that everybody wants. What one thing do you need to change? Why don't you stand to your feet this morning? And I've got a prayer 
that I've started praying that's going to come up on the screen. And, and if you're cool with it, I reckon we should all say it together. I didn't get it printed off this week for you, but if you want us to get it printed off, we can print it off. But I think that this is a prayer that we should all say together at the end of our series. Are you, are you with me? Five or six, are you with me? All right, let's get it up on the screen. 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 Are you ready? On the count of three, are you ready? One, two, three. We will, by the power of Christ, choose what we want most over what we want now. Why? Because we discipline our bodies like an athlete in training, training it to do what it should. We run with purpose in every single step because the sin in us will take us off course, but Christ in us will keep us on. Therefore, we ask the power of God's Spirit to do what we cannot do. We are not self-disciplined, but we are spirit-disciplined. And when we follow the Spirit, we will be faithful in the small things. And God says, whoever is faithful in the little things, I will trust with the big things. That's a prayer that you can pray every single day of your life, along with the, with the shout-outs that we did earlier, along with my 15. And I want to tell you, those small things that you do in your life consistently will transform your world. And at the end of 2024, people will go, man, you've made such a big change in your life. And you'll go, no, no, I didn't make a big change. I made a little change that I did consistently, a consistent habit, a consistent discipline that brought about a big change. You will see the big changes in your life that everybody else wants by doing the small things along the way. Why don't you close your eyes just for a moment? And I'm just going to pray one quick prayer over every single person in this place. And that's this. Father God, help us to be faithful in the small things so that you, God, can trust us with the big things. Father, help every single person in this place or listening to my voice right now, even those online, help us to be faithful in the small things so that, God, you can entrust us with the big things. Father, seal every word that has been spoken over people's lives today. And if they are struggling, Lord, with, with things that are the sin that so easily lures us away, God, that as they spend time with you this week, or even as they pray this afternoon or this evening, or and it doesn't have to be a long-winded prayer, but, God, that we would pray every single day, Spirit of God, help me be spirit-disciplined today. Help me be spirit-disciplined today. Lead me, guide me, lead me and guide me. Help me be spirit-disciplined today. Help me to choose what I want most over what I want now. Why? Because this, the, the God in me is stronger than my appetites within me. Father, we thank you that you can transform our lives through little changes. Little things make a big difference. In Jesus' name, amen. If you want that prayer, then we can get that printed up for you. Just let the guys know at the info desk.
hey, if, if it is your first time here, thank you for coming. We really appreciate you being here. Um, if you fill out the Live Connected card and you can drop it in at the cafe and they'll give you a free drink and, and, uh, or at the information desk. And, um, ladies, don't forget to sign up today for daughters. If you haven't done it, do it straight away as you walk out the store. It's going to be a great week, great night on Friday for the ladies. It's going to be a great week next Sunday with Sandra. And then the two weeks after Sandra, uh, I got two words that I believe are prophetic words for our church for 2024. So I want to encourage you to be here for that as well. But otherwise, have a phenomenal week being spirit disciplined as you go. And let God just, uh, just let him envelop you and lead you in everything that you do. Um, if you need anything, reach out. We're, we're more than happy to help in any way. Otherwise, why don't you hang out, have coffee, have something to eat from the cafe. Talk to people, find a friend. God bless you. See you all next week.